0: Where we dish out tips and advice for mystical business owners and service providers. You might be asking yourself, what the heck is a mystical business owner? Well, if you work as a tarot card reader, astrologer, Reiki healer, intuitive counselor, oracle medium, or, or if there's any kind of spiritual or sacred art that's part of your profession, we are talking about you. My name is Teresa, and my lovely co-host...
1: Hey, everyone. I'm Bree. We've both been self-employed sacred artists running our own businesses for decades upon decades. We know what goes into running a successful business. We know exactly how much heart, grit, and hustle it takes to get your business afloat and keep it rocking along.
0: And we do this show together once a month because, well, first of all, we love hanging out together. (laughs) That might be the real truth. But... (laughs) We love talking business, and we adore sharing business strategies that we've learned over the years um, to our fellow mystical entrepreneurs, and we want to see you guys thrive and succeed.
1: That is exactly right. We, After running successful businesses for many years between the two of us, we came together and we really wanted to create something that would help members of our community who want to do the same. So in each episode of Talking Shop, we tackle a different topic. Today's topic is biz structures that support your real life. Thanks so much for tuning in to listen, and let's get this show started.
0: So, structures. I'm all about structures, but you know, Bree, I have. Uh, I'm in a different phase of my life than you are right now, so I I really want to talk about the structures that you have because. You've got small children underfoot, a super busy practice, and also you've got a book coming out. How do you make this all happen without tearing your hair out?
1: It is such a good question,
0: <laughs>
1: one, one that I ask myself all of the time. So, you know, I think it's really awesome that we're doing this show, you know, that the two of us are because we are in really different places in our lives and we do have different concerns and different priorities. And so as you said, you know, I have a seven-year-old, I have a brand-new baby, and I have a book that will be coming out in the spring of 2019, which sounds true. So there is a lot going on. And there's also the day-to-day business, right? Day-to-day business, the, all of the operations, all of the offerings and the services that, you know, put money in my bank account and allow me to connect with my clients and with my students. So there's a lot. And what I would say, one of, one of the best things to do is to have an editorial calendar. And this is actually something that I usually begin putting together for the next year in July and August of the previous year. So for instance, in July right now and in August, I will be putting together a pretty rusty of what 2019 is going to look like for me. And I always, again, since I have young children, I always start with the school holidays, right? I always start with, like, spring break and summer break and and all of those things. And then I also always make a note of mercury in retrograde. I make a note of any other big retrogrades that I know are going to affect me. And and that way, by the time that twenty nineteen starts, I've already got a really good sense of where I'm going to be and of what is going on. You know, if there are any events that I need to travel for, like in past years I've gone to the Reader Studio in New York, you and I have room together, which was awesome. And like I would put that in the calendar, you know, so any any travel that I know is coming up, any breaks that deal with school I put those in the calendar, and then I create my editorial calendar. And this calendar literally saves my tush, right, because it has everything in it from the blog posts that I want to write and when they're going to go out, the newsletters that I want to write and when they're going to go out, um, the services that I want to highlight. You know, when you are just starting out, often the challenge is coming up with ideas and coming up with services and coming up with with offerings. You know, you and I, T, we've been in business for a while now, and when you've been in business for a while, you have a different challenge, right? Your challenge Mm -hmm. is highlighting the offerings and the services that you have, that you have going on. And so different people do that in different ways. But one of my favorite things to do is to tie different services in Um, At different times of year and to highlight them in various ways, and so that goes on my editorial calendar That's also really helpful because it gives me an idea of cash flow right like Mm -hmm. if I'm if I know that I'm going into a Period where I'm not launching a lot of things then I know that before that period starts whatever it is that I'm promoting I really want to make sure that I have healthy signups for Um, and if I don't or if something happens then I give myself enough time with an editorial calendar to course correct in whatever way needs to happen. I have a year-long course that I launch every year, and the ramp up to that launch is complicated. Every year it gets easier and more smooth, but, it, you know, it's still, there's a lot of moving parts. And so that goes on the editorial calendar. And so really just having a grasp of time, I think, Is super helpful and then the other thing that's really important i think especially for people who have young children is you have to have help right you've Mm got to you've got to call in help so my husband and i work together there's a ton of operational stuff that he handles so i don't have to um i have a web developer and a graphic designer who handles all of the tech stuff so that i don't have to So that is really important, too. You don't have to have a huge team. And sometimes the only help you need is, like, you know, a college kid who comes in and, like, cooks meals for your family three nights a week. And, I mean, so, you know, it can look so many different ways, but, like, knowing where you need help and identifying those places is also really
0: critical. That's such great advice. You know, and also what I like to have not just an editorial calendar but also a calendar for which days i work on specific things like there are certain days that are client days where i'm dealing with clients uh, and appointments because i do a lot of one-on-one work so there are days specifically set aside for that i also have days that are admin days and paperwork days and the paperwork days are really important because it's so easy to let that paperwork so, And then all of a sudden, months later, here you are and you're sitting there and it's like, oh my God, I've got to get this all done and it becomes overwhelming. So one of the structures that I have for my business is doing paperwork every Wednesday. I sit down, I do my record keeping and I do my own record keeping. You might have an accountant to do this, but for people who don't, who like to be hands on with their stuff, I, I'm sitting down, I make sure the checkbooks for the businesses are balanced. Uh, down to the penny, by the way, and color code it because that's how geeky I am. <laughs> but all the recording is done. I get it done every week because I've learned the hard way. If you put that stuff off till the end of the year, you're going to be going insane digging through those receipts. So, you know, scheduling in time for those tasks also needs to happen on your calendar as well. So I'm on a very strict schedule for the days that you know, I do certain things, writing days, uh, bookkeeping days, um, days for doing my marketing, days for recording podcasts. Everything is really mapped out, and that, that makes my life much easier than just, you know, winging it because, you know what, Bree, in the beginning of this, business, I did a lot of winging it, and winging it doesn't work. It can only get you so far. It leads to a lot of chaos and a lot of stress.
1: I so agree with that. I mean, I I think that the designation of specific days is huge. I know for a really long time, one of my challenges was accounting and bookkeeping and like never setting the time aside to do it. And I really think you're right. I think you have to like put it in your calendar. Like this is the day for that. You know, I just did that with my taxes. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like, this is the day where you do all of your taxes. And so I think that that is so important.
0: Yeah, and you know, one of the things that I learned from Barry Tesler, who, by the way, I love Barry Tesler. There's a couple people, we talk about structures that I really think are great. Barry Tesler uh, has a book and a program called The Art of Money, and you can find her at BarryTesler.com. You know, one of the things that she talked about was having a money date every week where you sit down and you go over your finances and you look at your goals, your plans and all of that and I started doing that. I do it, you know, every Monday I have a little money date where I go over the finances and my husband and I will also, you know, discuss the management of the money and, you know, how we're managing it and all of that and that keeps us totally on track for all of our fiscal goals around business and also, you know, life. So I really recommend that. And another person that I love, and we talk about her all the time, is such a fangirl of Rachel Cook. Now, Rachel Cook is like the goddess of setting up structures and getting things done in a smart way that doesn't burn you out. She's got a book called Fired Up and Focused and The Sweet Spot Strategies, her other book, and these books really lay out smart, smart ways to really structure your time so that you can have a business that runs well without running you ragged. So I highly recommend those resources. Yeah,
1: I always I, I love Barry's money dates and I always think of Rachel
0: um
1: when I think about smart business structures because she also has young children. And yeah. and again is you know is really aware of there are better and worse ways to structure your business. And I think I'm sure that you found this, Teresa, I definitely have you know, a lot of times I'll be talking to someone who's having a difficult time with their business, mm-hmm. and the real issue is not that the business is a bad idea, or that they're not creative, or that they they don't they're not even marketing well. The real problem is the structures that they that they have in place, yeah. right? And and if those can change, then a lot of shifts can occur with the business. So yeah. I so. I've seen that. And, you know, kind of along those lines, I'm curious, what are some of the biggest mistakes you feel like you've made along the way when it came to setting the schedule for your business? And I think you you should share some of yours and then I will share some of mine.
0: Oh, God, yes, I've got plenty. You know, of course, when I first started out running a business, this was a long time ago, I've been in business almost 30 years, which is, kind of insane when you think about it and I I, I do have to laugh at where it's such different t- places in our businesses because I'm looking at 12 years down the road I'm going to be retiring although you know my ass isn't going to retire I still got to do something I'd go nuts and I love my clients too much but I'm at the stage now where it my business looks so different than it did back in the day and back in the day one of the things Bree is I didn't have a really set schedule for clients so what ended up happening is I ended up working every day, which was nuts, and, you know, I would be at the client's whims. Now, I knew I wasn't a morning person, so I would tell people, no, I'm not doing anything in the morning, but, you know, I would often be reading late or I'd be doing parties, and I, I would work in the day seeing clients. I would do parties at night, so I ended up with these really crazy long hours, and I also went batch appointments, so there would be gaps throughout the day, so I had a schedule that ran me. And it was always oh. at the whims of my clients. And the other thing too that back in the day that I did was, you know, I would schedule everything by phone. And so I was constantly uh. <laughs> phone tagging with clients. And then I would I wouldn't I would have clients who would do no shows. I mean so I had a lot of disorder in my business and it was really my clients were running the business. And that was one of the biggest mistakes early on and the other thing is too because again the clients were running it i would have my phone on all the time and so um i didn't want to miss a call you know and i i would have this phone ringing all the time and you know it, it was just a lot of you can even hear just from the tone of my voice this was a lot of running around a lot of hecticness a lot of again not really being empowered in my business And it was so stressful. So early on, um, you know, my life became a very, very stressful thing around business. So over the years, some of the things that I've done is, first of all, there are only certain days that I work with clients. That's it. Um, No ifs, ands, or buts. If it's Sunday, that's family day. If it's Wednesday, that's admin day and I teach yoga. You're not seeing me that day. I am strict about my schedule. The other thing that I stopped doing was answering the phone. Now, if people call, it goes directly to voicemail, and the voicemail tells them, you have to email me if you're looking to schedule something. No other messages will be returned. That stopped my phone ringing all day. So people started emailing me. Well, that ended up becoming a headache. So I <laughs> – <laughs> in the last couple of months, I started using this online scheduling system. It's called Acuity, and there's a lot of different ones. There's Acuity – and this has revolutionized my life because what happens is people get the link to schedule, they get reminders, so no more no shows. they can easily reschedule if it doesn't work out within the proper window, which I only allow them a twenty four hour window um, I don't have to chase people; they get again it really has made it, so I have a structure in place for really making sure that I'm getting my appointments scheduled, I'm not missing anything, but I'm not a slave to it. And also the beautiful thing about these online calendars is you can really set up when you're available. You can even mark off your vacation days, all of that. So you know what? There's no more confusion, no more back and forth. It has been one of the best things that I've done. So that's the difference between where I was and where I am now. You know, being the slave to the clients and the phone, nah, don't like it. This is the way to do it. At least this is the way it's working for me. And also, again, having a strict schedule, Brie, with your, um client appointments. If you, if you're doing one-on-one work, you need that. Otherwise, it's, again, you're working around the clock at weird hours or it just doesn't make sense. What about you? Oh, Big mistake. I agree. Dish.
1: Oh, big mistake! You know, well, so, so, so similar, similarly to you, when I started out, um, you know, I so I think that like I didn't have good processes in place,
0: so people mm-hmm. would call
1: my phone. Um, you know, for a while, I had a, a dedicated business line actually, um, so that I could keep my cell phone number private. You know, and and that was, of course, a really you know unnecessary added expense. If I had just had a better process worked out, I wouldn't have had to do that. Um, you know, and then you're dealing with returning voicemails, playing phone tag. Um, you know, I I when I started out, I and I was doing readings for people. I didn't really think about what time frame do I like best right? You know, I I looked at kind of what the industry standard was. So, you know, I had 30 minute readings that were available. Well, it turned out I hated doing 30 minute readings. You know, I felt like it was, you know, not, it wasn't enough time to really get into anything. If they just wanted one or two cards pulled, it was almost too much time. And it just, I hated that time slot. So, you know, uh, looking at, that was really the first lesson of, you know, you, you kind of, it's good to know what the standards are, but you really, when it comes to your business, like, the whole point is that you get to craft this for what makes the best sense for you and what makes the best sense for your people. And so for me, you know, I offer an hour-long session and I offer a two-hour session because those mm-hmm. are my favorite amounts of time. So, like, that made a really big difference, um, you know, in, in my mental clarity. Same, same as you, you know, I kind of evolved from making phone appointments and not having any kind of set schedule and doing readings basically seven days a week to saying, okay, this is crazy, you know, you have to email me to set up a schedule, and now I do have an online calendar, and actually, I don't make readings available for people unless they've studied with me previously, okay. so, like, that was, that was big. Another thing for me that was big and when I when I started online and I really, you know, started to take my business online, there were a lot of coaches at the time that were basically like, You need to be launching a new product all of the time. And of course I didn't know any better and, and I was like, Well, hey, I have a million ideas. So like that's easy. And what I recognized very early on was lo- the launch process is exhausting to me. I enjoy it, but it's not something I want to be doing every six weeks. And so, you know, I I needed to really sit down with myself and and instead of adding more and more stuff, right, right which is really easy for a Libra to do. Um, we definitely have like shiny object syndrome. I needed to clarify. I needed to pick the best of what I had available, and then I really wanted to optimize those things. Um, and so, and that can have everything to do from like the way that you talk about it to like the price, the way you market it, the amount of time that it runs, you know. And so, when I made that decision to you know cut out a lot of extraneous things and really optimize the the offerings that I had that I really felt were solid gold. That made a huge difference in my business, um, and and generally speaking, you know, I now look to streamline wherever I can, and I and I think that that makes a really big difference. And I think that for my audience, because you know, I have thousands and thousands of people in my audience, as I know you do, Teresa. And you know, it's also when you ha- when you're talking to that many people. It's easy to miss information, so yep. I find that it's a lot more useful to like repeat one piece of information several times than to bombard people with like a million different pieces of information and they're probably going to miss ninety yep. percent of it and so that has that those have been some of the big mistakes that I saw myself making um, and that now you know i'm I'm aware of and I always I always try to like be ahead of that. And then the other thing was waiting until the last minute to get stuff done, right? I mean, when, when I first started my business, I had my first child, and so he was a baby, and I was a baby running a business, and, and online. And I waited, like, I would wait until the day before to, like, write my newsletter, um and that is just i mean it's crazy stressful right usually you you don't have a good of a product or an offering or whatever right if you do it at the last minute um and and it was just like you know like the panic is on for 24 hours and so i stopped doing that so now again everything is scheduled in advance and done in advance and that feels so much better
0: absolutely you know the thing you said about a lot of the coaches saying that you constantly got to be launching new things. Um, I also found myself doing that, and now I have really changed my mind about that. It's really interesting because Rachel Cook preaches the opposite. This is why I love her. Rachel yeah. Cook says, you know, that that's like a shiny object syndrome. And you know, if you have some things that are working well, you should be promoting those, not just constantly bringing out new things. It's it's overwhelming, and. That was like a big light bulb going off on, in my head. So I know that I had to get clear on what are the things that I enjoy doing, what are the things that sell well. So I know for me, of course, my readings, I love my one-on-one work with my clients. That's my favorite part of my work. And, you know, I've got also a couple other fun things, like now I've got my Astro Biz Digest, which has been doing well, and it's something I love doing. The response has been fabulous. So rather than creating new things, it's like, That works well. My tarot casts work well. My entrepreneur casts sell well. Let me stick with these things now, and we don't need to add on a bunch of new things because this stuff is working. Um, You know, so I I totally agree with that. I think that is just brilliant that you do that. Yeah,
1: well, you know, and I mean, it it takes a while, right? Like you have to build up a body of work and see how stuff sells. So, you know, for people that are one or two years in, You may not have that yet, but you know what I wish I had done, Teresa, and you probably do too, I wish that when I had first started developing offerings, I had had that evergreen idea in mind, Mm -hmm. where, like, this is something that you can make available again and again. Um, You know, and because it, you know, it would have saved me a lot of do-overs,
0: which which is fine, you
1: learn, but, like, you know,
0: would have saved time. Yeah, that is how you learn. You know, you don't learn unless you go out there and try all these things out and, you know, really um, discover some stuff just isn't going to work for you. So, yeah. So, um, you know, let's talk about what the priorities are since we're talking about, you know, not overdoing things. So when you craft your work schedule, for example, what are your first concerns? And what's last on the list of your concerns? Yes, that is
1: such a good question. Okay, so my first concern when I'm crafting my work schedule is what what is needed for my life schedule. So what I mean by that is, you know, the first thing that I do is I look at the month that's ahead and I make a note, you know, what where do I need to be for my kids? Where do I need to be for myself? So, you know, I look at doctor's appointments. I look at, you know, school events. Um, all of that goes first because, you know, my creed and and my husband's creed is that, you know, our work is here to support our life. Our life is not here to support our work. So that means that when work starts to take over my ability to, like, be there for my for my kiddo, then I have a problem because, you know, there's a lot of, and I think I've said this on other shows, but, you know, there's a lot of downside to being self-employed or being an LLC. You know, like we, we basically like pay double in taxes. <laughs> you know, we, have, we have to, you know, we, we have to pay for our health insurance out of our own pocket. Like, I mean, there's a ton of, um, of, of, you know, challenges and obstacles to being self-employed, but the thing that is so amazing about it, one of the things and the reason why so many of us love it and do it, is that we get to set our schedule and we get to make time work for us and we're not on the clock for somebody else. And so I have to remember that, right, because I love my work and I could happily do it all day every day and that's not healthy for me. And that defeats the whole purpose of doing what I do the way that I do it. So that's the first thing that I look at. Um, and then the next thing that I look at is who – what what appointments do I have on the book with my clients and my students, right? My people that I'm working with either in a one-on-one capacity or in a group capacity get – they're the next priority. So, like, I'm a Libra, again, and it's all very relational, right? You can see how, like, this is relations. <laughs> who right. needs to be taken care of? Who needs to be related to Um, Because I am a writer, writing is really important to me, and and my lunar letters that go out a couple of times a month are really important. So I like to have those set up. All of the ways that I communicate, I like to have that set up. The stuff that doesn't – oh, and the other thing that's really important that's easy to forget is setting time aside to meet up with colleagues. So, you know, Teresa, you and I usually have, like, a month or once a month, like, mastermind session. I do that with another dear friend of ours, Sobeku. You know, so having people that are either in your industry or in a different industry, but there are parallels is so, so crazy important. Um, And I think that 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 really matters. Um, What often will fall to the wayside over the last couple of years what has often fallen to the wayside is blogging beyond my lunar letters. So my lunar letters go out to my email list and then they they land on the blog. Um but you know, I always have ideas for other blog posts and I often don't get to them because my lunar letters are really in depth and because I've been working on a book. So so that right. has fallen to the wayside and you know I'm okay with that because I know why it's fallen to the wayside. I think that, like, where things get sticky is if you see that something's not getting taken care of and you don't know why it's not getting taken care of, then that gets sticky. So, and I don't do my accounting. I have an accountant that I love. um, And so I I can go over everything with her and get the big picture, but I myself don't have to keep up with that dollar cent day in, day out. And I really appreciate the money that I spend on her so that I don't have to do that.
0: Right. What about you? Um, Well, you know, my priority, of course, is twofold. Um, Getting my writing done because I do a lot of writing. You know, I'm writing for my blog and the scripts for my podcast. I like to sketch those out so I have some rough ideas what I'm going to be talking about. Um, my newsletters, my Astro Digest. You know, so those are things that are priorities. And when I'm doing the Entrepreneur Cast and the Tarot Cast, there's always, I have to make sure that is a priority too because I always want to deliver within the time frame that I promise. So the writing is really, really important and also scheduling in my clients, you know, and of yeah. course the time for, you know, the bookkeeping and, you know, the things that keep my business running. But also what's really important for me, A priority is scheduling and downtime because I tend to ignore downtime. I want to get itching to get at that computer, you know, and I I have to stop that because that's not healthy for me. Like this weekend, you know, I I made time to do cooking classes and, and fun things, and I need to do that. So, you know, ultimately all this business stuff is one thing, but it is a priority for me to schedule at least one day where I'm doing something fun. Yes.
1: Oh, that's so important. Crazy important. Absolutely. So, speaking of fun, I want to know, and I, I want to personally know this, so I'm asking for <laughs> our audience, but also for me, right? What is your advice around scheduling a book tour? And and for those of you who don't have a book um, and don't want to write a book, which is awesome. Um, you know, you you may you this this can apply to other things, like this can apply to teaching a workshop or this can apply to like taking a product or an offering or a service on the road. Um so what's your advice around that,
0: Teresa? Oh
1: wise one? Hello. Well, you
0: know, it's it's really interesting because I had talked to some people who said, Don't do a book tour, it's not worth it. So of course, you know, I always gotta do the opposite of what I'm advised. And I'm like, I'm gonna do a book tour and So I did a book tour for <laughs> The Tarot Coloring Book. And I was very strategic in how I did it. What I did is, first of all, I thought about places that I would enjoy going to. You know, so that that's very important because I don't want to go, like, for example, for me, going somewhere really hot and warm and sticky is my idea of a personal hell. So right. I really sat down and thought about where are places that I want to go. And what I did is I kind of spread it out a bit. And the reason why I spread it out is that way I wasn't spending too much time away from home and the cats and work because, you know, when you're on the road, you're not getting paid. This is coming out of your pocket. So it has to be really metered out with your budget. So that's why I spread mine out a little bit. So I picked places, first of all, that I wanted to go where maybe I knew I had an audience or maybe it was a place that was interesting for me and I wanted to connect with people. And then the second thing I did is I looked at my budget and said, okay, we've got to make sure. We're not away too much because these cats will go insane, and also <laughs> we can't be away from work that much because i got to still make a living. So I would schedule in things like um, a weekend here or there. Um, sometimes I would have friends that would let me stay with them. Like uh, when I was in Denver, I stayed with my friends who own this wonderful shop called Trunk Nouveau, and they also own Pandora's on the Hill and Soul House, and they let us stay with them, which is Awesome, because it saved us money, so you know I had to factor in all that stuff, so I spread it out to make sure that I wouldn't incur a lot of debt because I like debt free living, so I made sure to really be budget friendly so I could come back, pay that off as quickly as possible, and um again, not spend too much time away Now, there were some times where I was gone longer, like for example, i went and did workshops in um, Portland and then in San Francisco. And they're very close together, so that was really easy for me to schedule. And that time I was gone about 10 days. And I also attended the World Domination Summit and had a little time in between to rest. So, you know, that was more like working vacation. And those were events where I made money, so that helped to offset some of the costs. I still didn't end up making a big profit off those things you know because the costs still were bigger but um it it helped so my advice if you're going to do something like a book tour you want to make sure you stick to a budget unless you are lucky and you have a publisher who's going to pay for it which is pretty darn rare i mean you have to be like someone pretty famous for that to happen um make sure you're going to places that make sense for your work like it probably wouldn't make sense for me to go to the middle of Ecuador to talk about the tarot coloring book although who knows maybe Ooh, that's where is. I should be going <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean but make sure it makes sense and make sure that the time is not so much time away that it ends up um, making you go broke so and, and does that make sense it
1: does yeah I mean I think I think that what I'm, what I'm hearing is, you know, first of all, the emphasis on going to places where you have an audience, you know, you have interest. And then secondly, you know, treating this as exactly what it is, which is a business expense. Yep. So just like, you know, if we were buying new technology, we'd be, we'd be price comparing and, and, you know, thinking about what, what functionality we need. The same thing with this, you know, this is a business yeah. expense, it's tied to your business, so you're going to have a budget, you're going to stick to that budget, um, and, and you know, hopefully find ways to monetize at least parts of the tour
0: along the way
1: so that, you right. know, you're, you're at least making a little something as, as you're going out, yeah.
0: Yep, so anyhow, um, you know, that's the whole story behind that, and, um, you know, overall, um, it worked out. So at the end of the year I had a little tiny bit of debt, paid that off and now, you know, I'm teaching some classes this year at different places and there'll be money coming in for the classes and workshops I'm teaching. I'm teaching, you know, workshops all over. But um that helps to offset some of it. But if you're gonna do any type of teaching or anything where you're gonna be on the road, you've got to make sure also that you schedule in time to rest after you get back. Because coming right back and jumping into work isn't very wise. I learned that the hard way. Um, And, again, Mm -hmm. really paying attention to a budget. And, by the way, when I travel, I keep every single receipt. And when I come home, the first thing I do is I sit down, organize those receipts, write everything down, and make sure that it is filed away. So, again, that I'm not, at the end of the year, going nuts with receipts and stuff. So I'm super structured about how I come home.
1: Oh, I love that. Uh, that's really important. The reentry back to home, back into your daily routine is such a critical point. I'm so glad yeah. that you brought brought that up because, you know, often I'll talk to my students or my clients or even myself, and, you know, you'll get back from a vacation, and then you're like, oh, I need a vacation from my vacation. Yeah. You know, because that reentry has not been taken care of in the best way. So that's
0: a really critical point. Well, I think Lisa Briggs is the person and I think her business is called the intuitive body. I'm not sure about that or it's something like that. I'll have to look that up. But Lisa Briggs is the one who told me you need a medicine day. And I said, that's really brilliant. Mm -hmm. I never thought about that. So I consider my day back a medicine day.
1: So, you know, thinking
0: about taking time out and keeping businesses afloat, what is your advice for maternity leave? I think this is something ah. that we've got a lot of <laughs> mompreneurs who listen into our business, or we have, like, a lot of young women or young men who, you know, might be taking time for maternity leave, paternity leave. So, you know, families need to take their time off when they have a baby, but how do you do that when you have a business and keep it afloat?
1: Yeah, it is, it is, it is such a balancing act. And you know this too applies in other areas. Like you might need to take time off to have a surgery, right? I have a good friend who a couple years ago knew that he had to have surgery and so had to structure his business around that. So, you know, these things come up, but with a baby, you know, I think that the first thing you have to to realize is that there's actually quite a bit of information on the web from different um, coaches and, and business practitioners, who, and they have very different advice for maternity leave. Like, I have seen everything from, you know, you should plan to do zero work for the first year after your child is born, which, like, I look at that and I think, oh, my God, I would go crazy. Um, To, you know, you, like, um, you know, you should plan to be back at your desk, like, two days later. And I look at that and I think, oh, my God, I would go crazy. So I really think that the first thing you have to do with maternity leave is, and especially if it's your first child. If if it's your first child, you know, every child is different. So when we had our second child, you know, there was a whole new set of challenges and of, of, you know, things that we had to meet. But if this is your first child especially, you really need to think about what support you do or do not have in place, right, if you are a single parent um, or if your partner works outside of the home um, or if you work outside of the home part of the time, like, these are all things that you want to take into consideration. You want to look at your finances. You know, if you have some money saved up, is it enough to, like, float on for a little while? Is it not enough? Do you not feel comfortable doing that? Um you know, and so, so you want to look at the practical at the practical pieces, and, and then you also want to look at your business, and you want to look at what, you know, growth trajectory you have for your business. And what I mean when I say that is, you know, if you, if you go dark for a year or if you go dark for six months and if your audience doesn't hear from you um, is not going to negatively affect your bottom line. There are, you know, if, if it's just you and you don't have a team of people that are helping you, you know, keep your site updated, keep your blog updated, keep your social media updated, then, then chances are you're going to lose a lot of engagement with your audience if you just disappear. Right. Now, you know, fortunately, we have so many tools that, that where we can get ahead of all of this. So you know, for us, I, we found out we were pregnant in October, around the same time, in October of 2017, around the same time that we found out that I had a book deal. So, so for us, you know, the first thing that I did, I figured out when I was, when I was due, and I let my, I have a year long course, that I launched in October, I've launched every October, and I and I let all of my students know, hey, I am taking June and July and the first half of August off. I won't be available for one-on-one work. I won't be available for readings. I am not available. Um, I will be checking my email. I will, you know, if something comes up, I'm happy to get back to you. But, like, I am not scheduling any client work for that period of time and I didn't tell them why because we weren't ready to make the announcement about the baby um, but I just let them know upon signing up this is what it's going to look like and then we got all of our one-on-one uh, sessions scheduled for 2018 ahead of time so that I knew that those two and a half months were blocked off Um because for, for us you know six weeks eight weeks of really not having to mess with anything, sounded ideal. And it also just so happened that for us the timing of this is the summer, so our other little one is out of school. So, you know, it just it just worked out really well. Typically I have a lighter summer anyway because I already have a child who's in school and, and out during the summer. So I made that adjustment. And then the the next thing that I did is I wrote down every single thing that I do for my business on a monthly basis. And I recommend that people do this whether you're having a baby or not because you will be amazed at all of the things that you do for your business. And it took me three days to write down everything that I do for my business. And when I was finished, I looked at that list and I said, I need help. I need, I need to get some help. So I was able with with the people that I already had helping me, I was able to give them more tasks and assignments. And then I was I was also able to, you know, be clearer in what I needed to have happen and when I wanted it to happen. Mm-hmm. So so those things were both really, really helpful. And I did this in the early days of my pregnancy. So, you know, we've had almost a year to get comfortable with with the workflow, right, because that's the big challenge. Right. And you can also, you know, I know Denise Sheffield thomas who's pregnant with her third, you know, she's a big fan of batching. I'm also a big fan of batching where, you know, you do a bunch of things. Like if you're going to send out, you're going to have 12 blog posts a year, one a month, then you go ahead and you write them all and then you auto-schedule them. Um, if you're on social media, you know, you can take, Your, you can, you can pre-schedule in groups and on pages comments and questions and ways to keep your audience engaged. So, you know, those are really useful things like batching and then scheduling things in advance so that then when the baby arrives, you're, you don't even have to think about it. Everything is on auto schedule, everything is set, and it's not a big deal. So those are some of the big ways that we prepared Um, especially for, for our second and
0: have been very, very helpful. Right on. That is like excellent advice. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a big, and, and, and you have to decide again, you have to decide what makes sense for you. You know, another thing that, that, I mean, you, you mentioned this, that Rachel Cook is a fan of and, you know, not launching all of the time. If you're, yep. if you're pregnant or if you just had a brand-new baby, I, I can promise you I don't need to meet you or your child to know that you're not going to want to be launching something new all the time. You know, I have one thing that I launch, every, one big, big thing that I launch every year. Right. And that, you know, that big thing, it's a year-long course that I teach called Spinning Gold. And that big thing is like the big lunch that I have, you know, and, and, and that's where, you know, the bulk of our cash flow and our income comes in. And we know what we have. We know what we're working with. And it's not, it's a lot less stressful because of that. So that's another thing when you have a kid, you're, you're going to want to look at some of your practices and, and say, are these going to be supportive for me? as I go into young motherhood or young fatherhood or young parenthood, um, which is a really amazing time. And you don't want to be on the computer all the time when your little one is, is growing because like they grow really fast and like you want to see that because it's amazing.
0: Right. I totally, totally agree with that. It's so, you know, my kids are grown adults in their 30s. That time goes really fast. Goes by so
1: fast. And again, like, if you're working for yourself, like this is the whole point. So, you know, Theresa, on on a, on a related note, because I think books are related to babies in lots of ways, I think the process is very similar. Um, we have both written books, so how did you make time for it? I'll share my secrets after you.
0: Okay, that's uh, a favorite question. I'm a very disciplined writer, as you know so when I'm doing a book on top of all the other writing that is my obligatory business writing, my goal then is it means I get up earlier and there is yeah. time that is dedicated writing time. Or, there, you know, it, it also means that I'm doing less of some of the fun things that I want to do, like sit around and watch Maury paternity episodes in the afternoon, which is one of my guilty pleasures. <laughs> 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 you know, I can't do that. That time has to be set aside for writing. So if you're doing a book, really it's about carving out the time. I mean, it's that simple. Carve out the time, and for me, morning is best because hubby usually sleeps in, the cats are not that active, I can get quiet time, I can think, I can, my brain works really well for writing in the morning. It's interesting, I don't like doing readings in the morning. My brain is not for that. But writing, it's clean, it's clear, it's unpolluted, and I can just get to work. So that's what I do, it's, it's that simple. And also when I think about, I think about my word count, You know, like your publisher is going to give you an idea of what the word count is. And once you have an idea of the word count, then you can also, if you're like me, I divide it into how many words a day. So let's say you have 30,000 words, Mm -hmm. and I want to get that book done in 30 days, or the rough draft done. Then it means I'm going to do a thousand words a day. At the end of 30 days, then I'm going to take the next 30 days, and it's going to be editing every single page, one page a day. Or one, you know, thousand words. And and that helps me to really make sure I get it done. And then the the other thing that I I do for book is um, I have a editor, and it's actually it's my daughter, and she is like the queen of punctuation. And so I hire her then to go over everything to make sure before I throw my manuscript in to make sure that that punctuation's tight. And there's nobody I trust more with punctuation and grammar than her. Um, she's got an MFA in writing. She's Virgo rising. She's super, super anal. And once I get it back from her, then it means also I take time to go over it again and just look over everything, and then I send out the manuscript. And then from there it's about once that's done, then, you know, the revisions come in with the with the book publisher, but that's like a lot of back and forth, and it doesn't feel as tedious as getting that first Look out the door what about you
1: very very similar right i mean i with with my first book i got up and i i wrote about this you know i hand wrote my first draft i really i I love handwriting and uh, it was the right thing for me to do and so i got up at 4 a.m and have my daily practice my daily rituals that I do I did them and then I hand wrote for an hour and I did that every day for a month and at the end of the month I had the first draft finished um, then I transfer it to the computer and as I do that I'm doing the rewrite and I'm creating the second draft second draft is finished usually in a couple of weeks then I send that off to my editor who's my husband. I um, have a, a, I happen to have a husband who's an ex English teacher, so you know it's pretty awesome. And he would go through it and then kick it back to me. I'd finish the third rewrite and then send it off to the publisher. And and again, it's a matter of taking time, carving out the time, being disciplined about the time. Um, you know, like if if I miss my hour in the morning for whatever reason. I had to make that hour up at some other point during the day. And and then that, you know, as long as you're disciplined about that time, it's really hard not to get it done, right? And, yes, I think the point that she made about you do have to miss certain things. When I'm in writing mode, I'm not doing a lot of socializing. I'm not taking on a lot of social appointments. Um, yep. I may scale back with my client work. You know, it just it just depends on – what the project is, but you know, you have to you have to conserve your energy when you're
0: doing a big creative project oh, like that. Yeah. And so that's huge, right? Yes. And and that's really what it is, you have to conserve the energy because you really want to make sure you do a good job. So um the last thing I want to do is throw in a crummy book proposal or or a crummy manuscript. I want to take the time to make sure it's done well. But, at the same time, I don't want to burn myself out in the process, so. yeah, yeah, totally, so you know, um what resources let's talk about resources we've already mentioned a few. What resources do you recommend for people who are looking to run a business without sacrificing time for vacation and family? I'm a huge fan of Rachel Cook. Um, people can find her at rachelcook.com. They can order her books, Fired Up and Focused, and her other book is Your Sweet Spot Strategy. Uh, I highly recommend attending her events, signing up for her programs. It's going to be the best investment that you do for your business if you're looking to have a really sound, structured business. So I'm a huge fan of hers. I'm also a mega fan of Tara Gentilly. I think everything Tara Gentilly de- teaches and does is golden. And so that's another person I always tell people, watch what she's doing. She knows what she's doing. Um, you know, so those are a few of my favorite resources. What other resources?
1: I really love, we mentioned Barry Tesler. Yes. Um, I really love Barry Tesler I think... One of the things that's cool about Barry, I mean, she's she's just an amazingly, remarkably nice person, if you ever get to meet her. Um, And she has a book, The Art of Money, and she also has a program, The Art of Money. One of the things that I think is really awesome about Barry is that she marries her business to her family life in a really beautiful way. So if you follow her on Facebook or, you know, on social media, you you see that, and I think that it's really inspiring and necessary to have models where you actually see someone who's doing this in a really beautiful, profound way. So I really love her. Um, I'm also a big fan of Rachel Cook for exactly the reasons that Teresa mentioned. I, I really love her. I recommend having, T and I have both mentioned a couple of different systems for online scheduling. Um you know, if, if you don't have a an online scheduling system, then do this. The next time you have to go back and forth with someone, see how much time it actually takes you. See how much time you spent on those five emails to find yep. the right day or the right time. Um, and you will be shocked to see what, you know, how much time – that took out of your business and you could have been doing something else. So I think, Teresa, you use Acuity is what you said? Yep, I use Acuity. What do you use? I use Calendly. So, okay. so you know, and there's, there's a bunch of different ones out there. Find the one that you know how to work, that you really love. I like Calendly a lot. She likes Acuity. Find what works for you, you know, and there's so many others, too, um, and part of this is going to be what your offerings are and why people book your time and then do that. Um, a couple of other things that I really like um, are you can get Boomerang for Gmail. Alexander Franzen turned me on to this. Boomerang for Gmail, it's a, basically a plugin and it allows you to auto schedule your emails in advance. Mm. So if you use Gmail, um, you can, you know, if you have seasonal things or monthly things that go out, like I have a lot of stuff that goes out right before the full moon or right before the new moon, you can auto-schedule emails. That is really helpful. Um, You can can also use, Gmail has a feature called canned messages, and you can actually create email templates that will auto-populate in your email. So if you do a lot of emailing, which I definitely do, um, that can save you a ton of time. Um, and, and you know then the other thing is again, because we're talking about vacation and we're talking about family, um, think about think about your hours, right? Think about your family and your hours. I am basically done by 3 pm every day because that's when my kiddo gets out of school. Um, right. So so you know think about like and, and what that means right by the way, is that I start, working around seven thirty after we drop him off so so like I did a couple I, I make that time up in the morning so think about your hours um and then for vacation the best thing in the world is to plan and you know we have a couple of talking shop episodes where we we get really in depth with how we plan for our year and right. planning ahead of time is I mean that is that is so critical like you heard Teresa talking about her book tour and, like, you know, the planning part is so critical and knowing where you're going to be and knowing where you want to go. And that way you can structure everything around that and you're not trying to do a launch in the middle of a vacation, which I have done
0: before, and it is, like, totally not fun. No, it sucks. And also, too, um, using auto schedulers (coughs) for social media such as Hootsuite and Buffer, those are things that can also save you time, uh, create some space for you so that you're not constantly having to market 24-7. Those are other things. I also use a newsletter, and I schedule that out. And uh, the one I use is AWeber, which really makes my life super, super easy. So, I mean, these are all little tips that you can use so that you're running a very structured and more orderly business. So great resources. Very good.
1: So since we're talking about vacations, and you mentioned self-care and medicine days earlier, Teresa, how do you make time for vacation playtime, and why is it important for entrepreneurs to do this?
0: Well, like I said before, it's important because uh, it prevents burnout. And I mean, I know that as somebody who's worked twenty four seven, one of the things that I like to do is I like to mix business with pleasure because <laughs> I can never totally leave work alone. So I tend to schedule um, my my trips. Usually, tend to have more to do around business, like if I'm going to go teach somewhere. But then I make sure to get in a couple of days that are just for relaxing, checking out the city. You know, when I recently went to Richmond, Virginia, at the beginning of the year. Uh, I made sure to have a day or two in there so I could find out what Richmond was all about because I've never been. Um, so those are things that I like to do. What about you? I
1: le- I, I really like to do the same thing. I like to and I, and I like to schedule vacation where I'm learning something. Like I love to learn, mm. and so I like to go places where I get to engage in some kind of skill building that is going to help me with my business. And, you know, because because we have sacred arts businesses, we have mystical businesses, that can literally be anything. I mean, I did a writing workshop six years ago, and I still refer to that in newsletters because it was so inspiring. So it doesn't right. have to be like that you know, learn how to craft the best email newsletter, which actually wouldn't really excite me. But, like, it could be, like, I'm going to take a weaving class or I'm going to go for, like, a hike or whatever. Um, And then the same thing, like, you know, I think that our sense of play, especially because we are working in mystical arts, like, the sense of play is so important. And a lot of what we are going to talk with our clients about Is the need for self-care and so I think that this is this is also about coherency right if you're preaching and teaching self-care and self-love and you never give yourself time to just enjoy and to be um, and to not be on for your business then it's really hypocritical at the end of the day and like that that comes through in what you do so I think it's important from a business perspective to give yourself non-business time. It it actually makes your business
0: better. Right. All fabulous advice. So um, I think this is an a episode that's going to really help people who, whether you're just starting out or you're an old hand like me, uh, structures are what keep us running and keep us sane. Yes, exactly. So
1: that wraps up this episode of Talking Shop and Teresa, I'm curious, what was your biggest takeaway from this discussion?
0: Well, I loved everything you had to say about maternity leave, even though I'm not going to be having a baby anymore. (laughs) But also, you know, bringing up the point about not constantly launching, I think that is so, so bloody important. So I think that's something people need to hear because, you know, you can so easily keep spinning your wheels, and I've done it, um, you've done it, so many of us have done it. Mm -hmm. I think that was a really important point to make. What about you? What was your biggest takeaway from what we've discussed?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you said so many good things. I really love the concept of the medicine day, Um, the the day for reentry, how you come back from your vacation or from your business travel, taking some time to really craft that and think about that and, and not just leave it up to chance. I think that's really important. Because, you know, coming back into a bunch of stress in the office can Mm -hmm. kill the good vibes from your vacation. And so I, I feel like that was just right on.
0: Right. Excellent. Yeah. I think that's such important advice. I really am grateful Lisa Briggs gave me that. All right. So that's it. But before we sign off. A happy reminder, if you love Talking Shop, don't forget that you can listen to all of the previous shows for free on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Just look for Talking Shop with Teresa and Bree, and you'll find all the episodes there. You can also visit the Talking, the talking Shop archives on thetarolady.com. Go to the tab called Free Resources, hop on down to Talking Shop under Podcasts, and you'll find all the jazz there. And Bree, where can they find this stuff on your site?
1: So if you go to com, there is a tab called Books and Resources. Click on that, and underneath it, there will be a tab that says Free Resources. Click on that, and both Talking Shop and the archives are located there.
0: And, guys, if you like the show, and we really do hope you do because we really want to help you, you can help us, too, by leaving a kind review on iTunes. This will help more metaphysical business owners find their way to Talking Shop. All right. So that is absolutely a wrap. Uh, Please join us again next month for another round of Talking Shop. Until then, you can find me, Teresa, at thetarolady.com. Brie, where can they find you?
1: Everyone, you can find me at briannasafi.com. Thanks again so much for listening and for joining us. Keep taking action to build the mystical businesses of your dreams. Stay on your grind and make it a great month. We know that
0: you will.